Isaiah 63, verse number 5 says, And I looked, and there was none to help. This is the Lord speaking. I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury, it upheld me. Isaiah 59 and 16 Isaiah is talking about the Lord. He said, And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. And Psalm 44, verse number 3, says, For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but by thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Those two sections in Isaiah, he said God had to take it upon himself to do it. There was not a man that could do it by himself. Psalms said, he was talking about the children of Israel possessing the land. He said they, couldn't, they didn't do it on their own, but God did it by his Strength. I want to talk to you this morning for just a little bit. I know it's Father's Day, so here's a little Father's Day title for you. This is not a DIY project. Let's pray. Lord, I love you so much. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for, for your goodness. I thank you for what we felt here already. I pray that you will anoint and empower us to understand what the Spirit would say to us today. We thank you for it. Lord, cause me to say only what you want spoken and nothing else. Uh, help me, God, to disappear in this pulpit so that it's just you that receives uh, the attention and the glory. And we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Thank you. Well, let's, let's get into the Word. Not a DIY project. Can we have testimony service for just a minute? Or at least confession. How many guys out there are DIYers? Okay, now just a couple. Uh, now we're getting a little, a little more honest. There's something in me, Brother Pat. I hate to call for help. There we go. Now you're, now you're getting honest today. Uh hate to call for help. It just aggravates me to have an appliance go out or a pipe leak and think I've got to call somebody to fix this thing because I know I can fix it. i got a question. How many of you guys have done plumbing projects. How many of you have ever embarked on a plumbing project and only made one trip to the hardware store? I did it the other day, Brother John. I replaced a garbage disposal and the trap and... I, one trip to the hardware store. I felt the favor of God. Because the average is probably three trips. You think you know what you need and you go get that stuff. And then you tear it apart and then you go get more stuff. And then that stuff didn't fit and so you got to go. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you had called a professional, he would have had everything he needed in his truck. 
but I don't want to pay a guy a hundred bucks to fix my sink. It's not that I'm cheap, it's just that I'm cheap. <laughs> Appliances, I, I can put a belt on a dryer. Usually. The refrigerator downstairs is cooling right now. It's not fixed, but I know what the problem is. It needs a defrost timer. And I can't stand the thought of paying somebody $200 to take out four screws and unplug a piece of stuff and plug it back in and put four screws back in it. I just can't do it. And so until I get that done or somebody else volunteers to do that, I'm going to keep every day hitting manual defrost so that thing will stay cold. Can anybody out there identify with what I'm saying? By the way, my revival canary in the coal mine is refrigerators going out. Because every time in Lewisburg we were going to have a great move of God, our refrigerator went out. I fought with my refrigerator. We were having Project 35. I'll preach here in a little bit. We were having Project 35, and our refrigerator, I spent all week wrestling with this three-phase power inside the refrigerator. Aggravating. And then we had 22 people get the Holy Ghost. And uh, when the refrigerator went out downstairs, I knew, man, we're going to have a great men's conference. We're going to have a great VBS. Praise God. But I just don't like... I, I, I want to take care of it. And what I want to talk to you today for just a few minutes is that living for God is not a DIY project. It's not something that we're qualified to do on our own, by ourselves. How many of you don't raise your hands, but in a spiritual context, you've either said or you've heard people say, I'll be okay. I can handle it. I'll be all right. I can take care of it. It's a self-sufficiency mindset that is absolutely false. We are not qualified to take care of things on our own. God looked down and He said, there are some things that man is not qualified to do. There's a salvation issue that needs to be taken care of. And Isaiah would write that God... His own arm brought salvation. It's talking about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. God robed Himself in flesh. He said there's nobody righteous. Nobody can stand in place. Nobody can pay for the sin of mankind. So I've got to do it myself. You're not a DIYer, but God is a DIYer. He rolled up His sleeves and said, I'm going to take care of this on my own. And God became a man. And hung on a cross for our sins and died for our sins. And uh, he is a DIYer. But you can't do it on your own. If you think that you... Now, this is, this is not shouting material right now. But if you think that you are something... You're probably wrong. If you think that you're above messing up, you're deceiving yourself. 
When you think you're okay, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I do have a scripture for this. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. It's when we think, man, I'm good enough on my own. I can take care of all this. I got it under control. He said, that's the moment you better be careful because the next thing that comes is a fall. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Galatians 6 and 3, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not enough on our own. We've got to have some help. I'm preaching to some, some, uh, some men today and ladies as well because there's some strong head. I'll, wait. Because there's ladies amongst us that won't take a break either. I just hit her right in the forehead. She felt it from all the way up here. I love you, Sister Martha. You need to heal that shoulder. You know what? We are not in this on our own either. We're not in this by ourselves. So I want to talk to you. Maybe we might get to three points today. We might not, but we need the church. You need the church in your life. If you're going to live for God, you need the church. In your life, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, look at your neighbor and say, if you fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. We need each other. The righteous man falleth. It says in, I don't know if that's Malachi, somebody can probably quote it. The righteous man falleth seven times. It's not a question of whether you will fall. It's not an if you'll fall. You are going to... Whether it's the enemy that attacks you, temptation that overtakes you, or life just gets the best of you. We all need somebody... Who can get a hold of us and say, hey, come on, let's get up and do this thing. You need somebody that is a voice of encouragement in your life that can pick you up when you fall. This is not a DIY operation. I'm reminded of a story somebody told that a little boy was in his room alone one night and a storm came. and Maybe it was like the one... Day before yesterday, but a storm came, the wind's blowing, lightning is crashing, uh, thunder, lightning's flashing, thunder's crashing, and, and the little boy got up and he ran into his parents' room and, and said, I, 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 I'm, I'm scared, I, I, need, I need somebody with me. And his dad, he was probably a preacher, because he gave him some pious advice, and said, well, well son, Jesus is with you. Because that's what we do sometimes. God's with you. God loves you. It'll be all right. And the little boy said, I know that, but I need some Jesus with some skin on. 
And sometimes we need more than just a word. We need some Jesus with some skin on. We need more than just knowledge. I know God's with me. I know God's taking care of me. I need somebody who can wrap their arm around me and say, it is going to be all right. We are going to make it through this thing. You need to get up. You need... I need, I need somebody in my life. And a lot of times that voice is my wife, but you know what? Sometimes husbands and wives get down together. That's why you need the church. Because the body of Christ will strengthen and encourage one another. That's, what, that's part of the reason that we're here. Hebrews 12 and 12 tells the church, Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. Galatians 6 and 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need each other. Just how many, how many have been down and the church rescued you? Amen. Man, I remember times in my life, and I'm, I'm going to move on, because the second thing we need is not only the church, we need the ministry in our lives. Man. Uh, we need the fivefold ministry. Ephesians 4 and 11 names the fivefold ministry. And then he says it's for the perfecting of the saints. Anybody here perfect yet? Not even the one with the torn rotator cuff is perfect. I'm sorry, Sister Martha. I love you so much. I, I shouldn't make those personal references. Please forgive me. And forgive me because I'm going to do it again. But the, the fivefold ministry, it's for the perfecting of the saints. For the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. I don't know anybody in this building yet that's perfect. I don't know uh, anybody that's got perfect understanding of the faith, perfect knowledge. We don't have that. We need ministry in our lives. You need a pastor, I need a pastor, and we need more than just the pastor. We need the apostles and prophets, evangelists, and we need teachers to speak into our lives. Uh, I'm going to tell you that... the. I was thinking about this today. and uh, I was thinking about my father in the gospel, Brother Chrisman, that he was present on the best days of my life. He was there the day I got married. He was there the day I got baptized in Jesus' name. He was there the day that I repented. He was there on the best days of my life. But he was also there on the worst days of my life. You know, I, I don't think I, I really needed him that much on the best days of my life. I mean, I'm glad he helped us repeat some vows, and I'm glad that he was there to baptize me in Jesus' name. I think anybody could have done that. Please don't uh, misread what I'm saying. I'm glad that he was there. But those worst days of my life, I really needed him. We need the ministry in our lives. Amen. Hey, but, and, and, and I told you I wasn't going to preach long, and so I want to give you my last point, and that is we've got to have... Jesus. And I don't mean just, just cognitively, yeah, I know I need Jesus. I mean, we've got to be connected to the Lord of glory. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Well, that, that's, that's good, Jesus. I like that. I agree with that. Until we get in a situation that we think we can fix on our own. Because here's what, here's the mentality of a DIY. Brother Tex, are you a DIYer? Yes. Because you can fix it. Yes. Some things. Some things. 
If that door is sticking, you know where to put a wedge. Yes, or just, you know, take a skill saw and that'll work too. Right, Brother Brad? That'll work. The mentality of a DYIer is I'm going to fix this before I ask for help. The spiritual concept is I'm going to try to fix this on my own before I ask for help. That we make prayer, I, I'll, I'll, if nothing else works, try prayer. How about pray before you try anything else? Hey, DIYers out there, pray before you try to fix the fridge. It makes life better. That's actually a refrigerator slogan, isn't it? LG, it makes life better. Better. Okay, that was not intentional. We need Jesus because without Him, we can do nothing. Ephesians 2 and 8, we, we, we tend to, we want to minimize the Scripture sometimes, but it is so powerful. For by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. There's nothing that we can do good enough to, make our, to get saved or to stay saved. Now I know in, in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, the, the Apostle Peter, he exhorts them and says, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. But that didn't mean you have the power to save yourself. It just meant obey what I just told you. Escape this untoward generation by repenting of your sins, being baptized and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Salvation is not of ourselves. It doesn't matter how good we are, how many good things we do. It doesn't matter how many orphans we feed or homeless people we clothe or missionaries we fund. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. You're not going to be saved because of efforts. It's not because of ourselves. The only way that we can begin to receive salvation is by surrendering our lives to the will of God. That's why at the new birth, the church, when the first sermon was preached, when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? The first step was repent. It means surrender self to God. It is, an act, it is a, uh, um, a testimony. It is, a, uh, it is an admitting that I can't do this on my own. I'm not okay on my own. You know, we, when we truly come to repentance, what, what real repentance is, is it's saying, God, whatever you say. It's not just, Lord, I, I need you to forgive me of my sins. I've done rotten stuff. I've done this and I've done this. And, and, and Lord, I'm, I know I've been a bad guy and I need you to forgive me. It is really saying, God, I have all that. I need your forgiveness. But God, whatever you It's saying, I am not an expert. I don't know how to fix my life. I don't know how to run my life. Whatever you say. I wish somebody just vocalized that this morning. God, whatever you say. Whatever you say. I've been trying to fix this on my own. I've been trying to live life on my own. But whatever you say. See, our flesh doesn't like that. 
There is a, there's a constant uh, competition between our flesh and the will of God. Our flesh does not want to submit completely to God. Our flesh will maybe give in and say, well, you can, you can surrender this much of your life, you can surrender these things, but we'll hold on to a few things. That's not repentance. Repentance is whatever you say. We can't do it ourselves. How many have heard somebody say, well, I'll be all right. Or, this one's scary. I know where I am. You heard that, Brother Ben? I know where I am. What that really means is, I know I'm not right, but I'll try to fix it between now and whenever I need to fix it. It's an admission. I know everything's not right. But I, I, it'll be all right. I know where I am. God help us today. I don't want anybody to walk out of this building today with the attitude that says, I know where I am. It'll be all right. We need to say, God, whatever you say. That's right. He's the expert. He is the only one. I will make an admission. I have fixed plumbing with J.B. Weld. I fixed it with plumber's goop. I tried to. It didn't work. The J.B. Weld is holding up. Looks like sin. I've tried to fix stuff on my own. And it just flies. I need an expert over my soul. Because if I try to fix my life on my own, it's going to fly apart. God, whatever you say, you are the expert. Luke 13, 5, Nay, I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We've got to surrender to Him. We can't do it on our own. Elbow somebody, tell them, you can't do it. You're not good enough. Look them in the eyeball. Some of y'all didn't do it. Some of y'all, some of y'all mad at me right now. Some of you didn't do it. Look somebody in the eyeball, tell them you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're cute, but you're not good looking enough. Now, some of you just lied, so we'll repent over that. Not by works of righteousness, Titus. This is the epistle to Titus. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It was not by our righteousness. Max Licato makes a great illustration. He says we cannot stack rocks high enough to get to heaven. There's nothing... It's futile! We should do righteous things but not because we're trying to be saved. We should engage in righteous actions because we are saved. But those righteous actions do not save us. We are saved by His mercy and by His grace. We must not have a DIY attitude. We need Him. We need Him. Let's stand to our feet. I I, I promise you that I wasn't going to preach long, and some of you will have thought that I did.
But as I prayed this morning, the Lord gave me this. He wanted me, I believe the Lord wanted me to share this story. And, and, and most of you have heard at least part of this story, maybe could tell it better than I can. But I was thinking this morning as I prayed right there about Brother Hal Belcher. How many remember Brother Hal and Sister Wilma? Sister Wilma may be watching online today. Brother Hal and Sister Wilma sit right back there about where you are, Brother Jamie. Maybe, maybe where Brother Dennis is. And, uh, of course, I, was, I, I came late as far as knowing him. I, I didn't know him a lot of years. But Brother Hal was a friendly guy. Is that an amen? Brother Hal was a friendly guy. He's a nice guy, man. Nice guy. Sister Wilma, precious woman of God. Loved God. Loves God. Hope you're watching, Sister Wilma. Loves God. Uh, Brother Hal would never make a move toward God. He had a place back there on the pew. He never moved toward God. Uh, Sister Wilma prayed for him. I believe, Brother Pat, was it for 40 years? 40 years. God save my husband. God save him. God save him. And I called Pastor Bounds this morning to make sure that I get this story exactly right and I have his words on my screen. But one night, Brother Hal came to the altar, right about here, I believe. And uh, Brother Hal never, never been baptized. Brother Hal didn't have the Holy Ghost. I called Pastor. I said, will you tell me this story? He said, I want to get it right. And he said, the Lord gave me a word for Brother Belcher. And I walked up behind him. And I said, Brother Hal, the Lord has a word for you. And that is your whole life, you've had to be strong. You've had to do it all yourself. But you can't save yourself. You've got to use your faith. See, Brother Hal had always been tough. Brother Hal, if I remember this right, Brother Pat, Brother Hal's father had passed away when, when he was young. And Brother Hal had to grow up quick. He had to be tough. He had to be strong. He had to be able to take care of things because his dad was no longer around. The pastor said, whenever I spoke those words to him, something broke on the inside. He began to weep and he, he lifted his hands and Brother Hal received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That When he realized, I can't do it on my own. Oh, I wish a saint of God would lift your hands and begin to pray right now. He said, I always had to shoulder the load. I always had to be tough. I always had to be responsible. I always had to be dependable. I always had to do it on my own. But when he realized he couldn't do it on his own, God came in to his life. There was a breaking and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Hal was complete. Y'all can testify to this. He was completely transformed by the power of God. And within a year, he had gone on to his reward with the Lord. I wish somebody today would come to this altar with the attitude that said, God, I can't do it on my own. Whatever you say, I surrender to you. They're going to sing. But I wish some folks who would testify, this is not a DIY project. I need the help of a master would come to this altar today. Don't allow the enemy, your flesh, to keep you where you are. Come to the place where you can say, God, 
I surrender to you.